Welcome back to Season 2 of Radio Her, a weekly career podcast presented by the Women in Business Association at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Hello, my name is Freni and I'm a fourth year student majoring in health studies and double minoring in psychology and economics at UTSC. I am the co-president of the Women in Business Association and a co-host of our podcast. Hi, my name is Maisha Zahir and I'm a second year student in the co-op management and finance program at the University of Toronto Scarborough. I'm also the director of events for the Women in Business Association and the co-host for this episode. Joining us today is Tasfia Hassan, a staff accountant at EY. Tasfia graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce in Public Accounting from the University of Toronto and has completed a graduate diploma in professional accounting from Rockman School of Management. During her undergrad, Tasfia was actively involved in the Rotman Commerce Nonprofit Network as the Director of Events. Tasfia, thank you so much for joining us today, and we are excited to have you as a guest for Season 2 of Radio Her. Thank you so much for the introduction and also for inviting me to your show. Tasfia, we also wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself as well. So what is one word you would use to describe yourself and why? So for this question, I kind of had to like ask a bunch of my close people because I couldn't come up with one word. So from that, like the word that resonated with me the most would be passionate. So I'm someone who goes through like a lot of phases and whether it be like hobbies in my personal life and like my professional life, if there's something like I set my mind to, I go at it like with my heart and soul and I completely become obsessed with it and I have to give it my all. Um, So that could be like a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely a big part of my personality. Thank you. So let's dive into the questions that we have for you today. The first part of questions focuses around your undergrad and further education. So starting with the first question, why did you choose to specialize in public accounting? Was it a result of taking certain courses, interacting with professors, or did you always know? So when I was in like the eighth grade or ninth grade, that's when we kind of had to choose like what subjects we wanted to do for our IGCSEs. And coming from like a business family, I was always like inclined towards like learning more about these business subjects. And that's when I first took accounting. And I guess I initially liked it because it was all numbers and the numbers made sense, which is definitely not the case anymore. But it was also like because I liked math, um, I started to enjoy accounting too. And I feel like it was also a course that kind of came naturally to me and I would help my peers understand it. And like, I like my accounting teachers too a lot. And my dad was super supportive about it because since he was a businessman, he always talked about how um, to get into business, you kind of have to start from like the grassroots, which would be knowing the accounting of the business. And because of all these factors, um, I kind of knew like, this is what I wanted to lean towards. And eventually pursue and of course there was also the added bonus of the job security that accounting provided. Thank you. Um, My next question here is you contributed so much to the school community as the director of events at the Rotman Commerce Nonprofit. How was your overall experience and what are some key takeaways? You know many students wonder whether club experience or involvement on campus is relevant at all so what do you have to say about that? I would 100% recommend it to everyone 
um, who's just starting out at university or wherever they are, just to be as involved as they can be, like with say campus life or um, even like through clubs or sports. Um, either way, I know from my personal experiences, I was really introverted in my first year. So I kind of didn't think like campus involvement would be beneficial to me. But however, in my second year is when I really stepped up and I got involved in clubs, intramural sports, and even um, I got a part-time job. And what I liked about being so involved um, was that because I had so many commitments, it kind of forced me to manage my time better. So it helped with my time management skills a lot and it made me feel super productive. Um, that's when I also started doing better at school, and it was definitely also a great way for me to meet people and build my network. So moving on to my involvement with uh, Robin Commerce Nonprofit Network, RCNPN. Growing up in a country like Bangladesh, I was always keen towards like giving back to society, helping the community. There was like so much scope to do all those things in Bangladesh. So for that reason, I kind of had an interest in like volunteer work, even in for corporations. I was always like interested to see their corporate social responsibility side of things. And that's when um, this club kind of like stood out to me. It was initially like pretty new. Like when I was in second year, that's when this club first started. And I knew like I kind of had to like sign up to be like a committee member there. Um, so that's what I did. I started off with the events committee. Um, and from the next year onwards, I became like the director of events because I feel like my values and like the clubs, like their values kind of like resonated and it gave me a chance to kind of pursue my interest, which was in like volunteer work and like helping the community. Some key takeaways from this would be two of the events that I organized. One would be like a shoreline cleanup where a bunch of us, we volunteered to go to Harbor Front and kind of like clean up that area, uh, which is like a good team building exercise too. Another event that I organized during my time at RCNPN was um, it was like a panel discussion event called um, CSRNU, where we invited a lot of industry professionals to come speak about their corporate social responsibility side of their companies. And that was a really cool experience because not only uh, was I able to like learn about these initiatives, um, it also like um, kind of sparked an interest in me for um, the corporate social side of things too. And because of that, like um, interacting, building my network in that field, it was pretty cool. And also in the past, I kind of interned at um, a bank in Bangladesh. It's not like a conventional bank. It's more um, an NGO called Grameen Bank where they uh, have like a lot of social businesses. Um, so it was really cool to kind of learn about that. And at my time in RCNPN too, like I was able to kind of build on that interest. So it paid off for me while being involved. Thank you for sharing. That sounds like a great experience you have. And I definitely agree that, you know, extracurriculars helps you to get to know uh, new people, meet like-minded people who may have similar interests as you, as well as, you know, help you solidify what your career interests are, right? And, you know, the development of skills is always there. Like you can develop communication skills, networking skills, as well as events management skills. So thank you so much for sharing that. Moving on to the next question. So coming out of university, students have a variety of options. They can either pursue a CFA, CPA, MBA, or diploma, and it can often be a dilemma to come to a conclusion. What made you decide you wanted to pursue a graduate diploma in professional accounting at the Rotman School of Management, and how do you think this has helped you advance in your career? 
So since I was already on the CPA track, given that I had specialized in uh, public accounting, the GDIP program at Rotman seemed like the next logical step for me. Um, I had some time off between like when I graduated, which was June of last year, and when I was going to start work, which was like October of last year. I thought like I would put that time to use and kind of enroll in this program so that later on when I started working, I wouldn't have to do like my CPA modules while working at the same time because that would have been extremely stressful. Um, so I was glad I was able to use the summer to pursue this um, diploma and kind of also cover the CPA modules and get it out of the way. As for the program, it was definitely like a challenging one because it was kind of like a crash course uh, in for those three months where you kind of go over everything you've learned in undergrad about accounting. But this time it's different because you're kind, you have to like apply it to cases, which is the format of um, the common final exam, which is the CFE that you take um, to get your CPA designation. And it was also their first year of going virtual. So there was some added challenges there. Um, everyone thought they were failing. Um, everyone was on the same boat. But because of the way the program is laid out, it really equips you for the CFE. And nonetheless, the professors were also extremely supportive and helpful. And because I knew most of them to, through undergrad, um, it really created like a comfortable learning environment. Thank you for sharing your experiences. I know it must have been challenging to do it online, but looking at what you've shared here, I think it's been really helpful for you to learn about doing cases through your GDIB, which would be helpful when you're writing your CV. And we wish you all the best for your CFE exam. Thank you. How did you learn about the staff accountant role at EY? How was the application and interview process like? So I actually got to know about it through, um, of course, school and also from my peers. Initially, I had never planned to like work in Canada after finishing my undergrad. Um, I always thought like I would go back home and like get into the family business. But however, like during my third year, that's when I kind of decided that I wanted like um, some work experience here before I went back. And naturally, for someone graduating in accounting, you sort of like gravitate towards the big four or even the midsize accounting firms. Um, so the application process consisted of first you apply online, like on their portal, you submit your resume and your cover letter, then you get a link to do like a video interview which is usually like a pre-generated question and on the platform they kind of time you and you have to answer it and after that like uh, someone will reach out to you telling you if you've made it to the next round of interviews which, which for me was two back-to-back -back, uh, interviews one with the recruiter uh, one with the manager and they're both like behavioral questions um, yeah so that was basically the whole process and then within like a day or two you get a decision Thank you so much for sharing your journey, finding the job and the whole application process was like. I'm sure um, our listeners who are interested in a staff accountant role at one of the big fours, not just EY, right after graduation, will find that really helpful. Moving to our second question, what kind of prior experiences or credentials should students include in their job search documents to stand out from the other candidates? 
there isn't anything specific, I would recommend whoever is applying for a job, just literally be yourself. Like from what I think and from my experiences, there's no like one specific job or experience or credentials that can put you on edge over the other. Of course, if you have say experience in accounting or something related it can help you stand out but in my case I didn't have those experiences nor did I have like a proper summer internship so all I had was I would say like my extracurriculars listed and my job in retail it's how you kind of talk about your experiences what you learn from it the skills you acquired from it and how you connect that to the job that you're applying and how you can contribute to it because of whatever skills you have under your belt that will put you over the edge and help you stand out. And that was what was my case as well. So it's in your cover letter where you kind of like present yourself and connect the skills and like the roles and how you would be better able to contribute. I definitely agree to that. Um, Especially it's very overwhelming for new graduates to um, step foot into the workforce. Even at UTSC, students go through that um, with their first co-op work terms, which um, is often their second or third year. It's really overwhelming and often students overlook how important it is to really just be themselves. Because at the end of the day, the employers look for someone who they can get along with because at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones working together. Um, So that's really helpful and big piece of advice that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, that's true. And like when you're in university or when you're saying like second year, third year applying for an internship, you don't have a lot of those experiences that they want. So it's better to just kind of like leverage the ones that you do have. For example, it could be your club involvement, like your part-time job. And that's what they kind of expect. They don't expect you to already have like two years of experience in accounting work. So you kind of just have to leverage what you have and like, do it in the best way possible too. Definitely, I totally agree to that. And I'm sure um, our audience will really appreciate that piece of advice over all the hard skills and soft skills that they hear everywhere else. Moving on to our last question in this part, what tips do you have for students on successfully delivering interviews? I'm someone who's like extremely introverted. I was super nervous about it. I don't interview well. Like I can't even speak like, on the spot, like public speaking, all of that. It was never my cup of tea, like growing up. So I had to make sure like I did my best to not mess it up. So first, something that I would recommend everyone to do is like go to your career center at school and um, sign up for those mock interviews. Like at Rotman Commerce, for each of the specializations, there was like a specific counselor who you could like get um, an appointment with and they kind of walked you through like a mock interview process. Um, And that was extremely helpful because not only um, does it kind of build your confidence, but they also provide you with like a list of questions that you may come across or some things like to keep in mind so you can like make notes of your own and jot down like what experiences you can talk about, if you're faced with a specific question, what sort of um, skills or experiences you can tie to it, like something that you have to kind of like practicing in front of a mirror. Like um, if I was asked those questions, how I would answer it and writing down like the important things that stand out to me, because of course you can't walk in to the interview with like a piece of paper. Um, So that's what I did. I jotted down things I wanted to talk about, things I wanted them to know about me. And also another thing I would um, recommend everyone to do, if you do know who's going to interview you, research your interviewers as well. At EY, they tell you like in the email, like who your interviewers are going to be. So what I did was go into LinkedIn, look at the manager, look at the recruiter, find out a lot of things about them, like things that I could also ask them. 
um, I had like questions prepared for them. So my goal was also kind of to make the interview seem like a conversation instead of it being like a one-sided interrogation, because in that way, you kind of create an environment like that um, is comfortable for both you and your um, interviewer. And that helped me get over the nerves too, because I'm like, okay, this is a conversation. We're literally two people sitting in a room having a conversation. And I also remember like the manager, he called me out on it because he was like, oh, I saw you looked at my LinkedIn last night and which I was kind of embarrassed about. But then I was like, yeah, you know, I got to do my research and you just I just kind of like played it out. So again, it's felt like a casual conversation. So that also helped me like kind of be more confident and get over the nerves. Another tip I would have or something I mentioned previously as well um, is that you also have to like really really be yourself and when you are yourself that's when like the positives of your personality will come out and that's something I feel like the interviewers do pick up on because I remember because I was like being like very um casual with them I wasn't too professional I wasn't too like um serious in during the interview it helped me bond and make conversation with my interviewers better like we bonded on like traveling and like flights and stuff like that so all of that really helped me like be less nervous and therefore resulted in like a successful interview that's one very very great strategy to really cool your own nerves and um, in a way to lighten up the atmosphere in the room i'm sure everyone who's preparing or looking forward to an interview um will really use those tips so thank you so much for your answer And moving on to the third part of questions, Tasfia. These are based around your professional journey at EY. Um, so the first question we wanted to ask you is, what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities as a staff accountant? And what does the work culture look like at EY? So my day-to-day like responsibilities, they kind of vary. But um, generally, as a staff accountant, you're more involved with like the execution part of the audit. Uh, so that involves like the testing, sampling, mainly to do with documentation. And so that's what I have been doing like for the past year, even now. Work is delegated to you from like a senior or a manager. And it's the staff accountants who kind of like work through like the um, the documentation of it, like the work papers, all those Excel spreadsheets. That's what we do. Um, and also depends on the team as well. So sometimes like you have admin work to do which involves like a lot of forms that you kind of have to go through to make sure like formalities through the forms that you kind of do also as a staff accountant you also get sent to inventory accounts which are in my opinion kind of fun this is not the popular opinion at the firm no one likes them but for me like I think I think they're pretty cool because you get to go to like a new company like a warehouse you kind of observe the count ask questions uh, you make a day of it so I I enjoy those counts um So that's another responsibility. And right now I'm also doing something kind of different, even though I'm supposed to be like involved in um, the execution part of the audit, which is like I mentioned, like the testing, um, all the documentation, the senior and I I that are working on the file, we're both kind of new to it. So he kind of like asks me to like help him with the planning process. Like, so he's always involving me in um, whatever he has to do too so I kind of get to see things from like the seniors perspective and we kind of like figure things out together which has been a great learning experience for me so um, that's something that I've been enjoying lately like making more firm decisions or like helping the senior make decisions 
As for the work culture, so I'll be honest here, I started off virtually and I did not like the experience at all. Last year, like I couldn't even tell if I liked the firm or not, if I liked work or not. Like I was really confused about a lot of things because from when you're working online, you can't really get um, the full picture of the type of work you're doing or the company, like if you like the company, if you kind of resonate with the company. So that I did not enjoy in the beginning, even though everyone that I encountered, like they were super nice, supportive, helpful. I, it didn't take me too long to realize that the virtual work life was not for me and in, it impacted a lot of my motivation. But from this year, like since I started going to the office more and more, I was able to like see the culture more like up close and personal, I started interacting with like more co-workers. Um, I started enjoying the corporate life like for the first time. Um, so I would say like EY has a great work environment in the sense that everyone's really friendly and they kind of want you to succeed. And there's so many resources to help you. And um, everyone's just looking to like kind of interact, make friends. So that's been really great for me recently. Thank you. It sounds like you are having a good time at EY. Thank you for sharing your responsibilities and a day in the life as that would be really helpful for students looking to pursue a career in accounting. It's great to hear how your seniors are supportive and are giving you the opportunity to be part of decision-making processes. And I definitely agree, working as a team makes the work easy. My next question here is, what are some skills, abilities, and personal attributes that are essential in your role and overall in the accounting industry? The first one would be attention to detail. Because the job involves like a lot of documentation, you're working uh, with a lot of samples, you're going through like invoices and so many things um, for the audit work, you need to pay a lot of attention to like close detail. Um, you need to make sure your workbooks are organized and it's clear enough so that um, you don't get too much review notes on it. So attention to detail is an important one. The next I would say is time management skills, which I guess is like common with any job. Um, but in this case, like during busy season, you'll definitely have a lot on your plate and you kind of have to know what is worth spending more time on, what is not worth spending more time on, because you can't be kind of like just spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere because at the end of the day, time is being charged to the client. So you kind of have to be super efficient in that way. And the last one I would say is um, patience. Um, so I've had the chance to work with like a lot of different teams in the past year at EY and, uh, some teams were great. Some were exactly the opposite of that. So in those cases, you kind of have to like, kind of remind yourself to be patient, keep a cool head and kind of like still continue to work together, especially in busy season where everyone's like really stressed and you know that, okay, you have to be patient throughout it all because the work has to get done at the end of the day. And um, you kind of have to go by the professional environment. Thank you so much. These insights would be really helpful for students so they can start developing these skills early on to be able to successfully step into the corporate world. My next question here is, um, when transitioning into the workplace, some students may struggle with getting comfortable with their coworkers and especially how you mentioned that you started off in a virtual environment. Um, so how have you been able to network and form meaningful relationships at work? 
So like I mentioned earlier, um, in the beginning, as a junior starting off virtually, this was definitely a challenge for me. I'm not the most social person, so everything being virtual made it like much harder. So I would say like initially, like my coworkers, they were again, super nice, super helpful. They knew there there is that added challenge when you start off virtually. So they try to like compensate, they did whatever they could in their part to help me. But I wouldn't say like I was friends with them like I was comfortable with them but I wouldn't say like we became friends because I guess there's that limitation in the virtual world but now that I started going to the office more like um, I'm meeting people it's been a lot easier to make friends and usually I have a goal like okay today I'm gonna talk to like one new person that sort of thing so um, that's how I've been able to like kind of build my network at work I guess going to the office helped with that a lot Thank you. The office environment is really helpful as you can casually speak with your coworkers, grab coffee or lunch together, and even hang out after work. It's much harder in a virtual environment, especially when you've just started working at a new company. Um, just to wrap up this section, the last question that we have is, you know, work can sometimes get really busy. So what hobbies do you have that help you manage stress and relax? During busy season, um, I had really gotten into cooking. It was always like really simple things, but um, it helped me relax a lot. And it was just like a hobby for me. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I go through like a lot of phases. Um, so that was one phase, which eventually I moved on from. So another way to de-stress this summer, I really got into kickboxing. Um, it was a great way for me to like stay fit and also manage stress. And so far, I'm still continuing with those classes and I think they add like a good balance to my work schedule. So that's been really helpful, like after a long day at work or like at the end of the week, something to do. Thank you so much for sharing. Cooking has also been one of my ways uh, to de-stress and I'm really interested in knowing where you do your kickboxing classes. So uh, last summer I started at Nine Round because I live downtown then. So it was um, just a few minutes walk away because now I'm in Richmond Hill so I go to this place called Elite Boxing. It's like a family-owned business and it's like a smaller classes but it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do and like all the anger, all the stress, you just punch it all out. So that's been nice. But if you're in downtown or like close by, I know Nine Rounds has like a lot of um, chains all over Toronto so I would highly recommend you to try that out. Thank you so much for sharing. Right, we're moving on to my personal favorite part of all the podcast episodes, the rapid fire questions. So the first question we have for you is after the COVID-19 pandemic is over, what is that one place that you want to visit? Okay, so because I'm someone who loves to travel, I could not narrow it down to like one place. So I'm going to go with two. One is Belize. Um, I love scuba diving, so that's always been on my bucket list. Like every year I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to make a trip out of it. So hopefully soon I can do that. It's known for its super crystal clear waters and everything. So that's on my list. And another place I've always wanted to go to is Iceland. Um, Just do like a backpacking trip there. Um, And me and my friends, we've like talked about it, but it's never happened because it's, it's been a while since like, We've done a big trip together, like did like a friend's trip. This is something like I want to check off my bucket list, you know. It's a really cool place. And also I've watched um, that Netflix show with Zac Efron called Down to Earth. And the first episode was about Iceland. And that just got me like more interested in like visiting. So, yeah. 
sounds like so much fun. I really hope you and your friends can definitely make that reality and go visit sometime soon. Moving on to our second question. Um, what are some of your favorite food spots in downtown Toronto? So this one too, I had to pick like a few answers. Um, I've, I've lived in downtown for like five years, so it was impossible to just narrow it down to one or two. So the first one would be Seven West Cafe. It's right by campus. It's this cafe that's open like 24 hours. So late nights after like studying at the library, we'd just go there. And it's not like fast food. It's actually like good food. Like you get pizza, pastas, and like even their dessert was amazing. So me and my friends we would always go there and it was always a good time. Uh, I really like burrito bowls and everything. So like downtown has great Mexican spots, but one like fast foodish place I always like going to is Burrito Boys. And lastly, Cactus Club Cafe. I love that place. Like, I love their food, their dessert, everything. And now it's even more convenient because it's right opposite to my office. So, um, yeah, so these are my top three in downtown. I will definitely check those out as soon as I arrive to Toronto. And I'll let you know how that goes and how I like it. Moving on to our third question. What has been your favorite memory from summer 2021? So my favorite memory from summer 2021 would have to be hiking the triple peak in bc um so i went this september and it was a great great experience for me and it was something that i really needed um at that time it involved a lot of like scrambling hiking down waterfalls and literally hanging off cliffs and even though it was scary when i was like doing it and i was like doubting myself i thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience that sounds super thrilling moving on to our fourth question what can we usually find you doing during breaks? So during breaks, I'm someone who loves to nap a lot. So every time I'm taking a break during work, I'll set timers for like 17 minutes, 22 minutes and literally just nap. Like I can nap anywhere, anytime. So that's something you would find me doing between breaks. I love that answer. So wholesome. And the very last question, last but not the least, what is one challenge you faced and how did you overcome it? Okay, this answer is going to get a little serious, so it's a disclaimer. Um, but recently, I think one challenge I overcame was um, fighting negative thoughts. I feel like in the past, like, it would really consume me a lot. Um, it would get in the way of, like, work, anything. Like, it was something that affected my motivation and everything. And recently, I've learned to kind of overcome it by practicing gratitude more and more. Um, and that that practice has automatically, I feel like, brought out a more positive side in me. So what I've been doing is kind of like, so I had a gratitude journal from like months ago, which I never kind of used. So this summer I, I started writing in it more, like I allocate time before going to bed to like write three things I'm grat uh, like grateful for every day. And doing it consistently has helped me like change a lot of my mindset and also like the way I perceive things. So um, that's been really good for me and my mental health. That is uh, a great practice, and I would encourage everyone to do it, um, be it if, if they're struggling with negative thoughts or not. But it's just a great practice to um, end off or start off the day um, with a positive mindset. So I would encourage everyone to practice gratefulness, as simple as it is. Moving on to the very last part of our episode today, uh, the conclusion questions. The first one we have for you is, what advice would you give to your first year self? 
So to my first year self, like as I mentioned before, I was extremely introverted and shy in my first year. So I, I wish I was more involved on campus and talk to more people. I would tell my first year self to not feel so shy and closed off since literally everyone else is on the same boat as you. So um, that's something I would tell myself. And I would also tell myself to be more confident because that was one of the reasons, like, I guess I just stayed in my shell in first year. And I guess I, I didn't realize, like, everyone else felt the same way as me. So that's something I would tell my first year self. Thank you so much for that answer. Um, and I'm sure that applies to everyone, um, even second years and third years. So many people um, struggle to come out of their shells, uh, struggle to come out of their comfort zone. But that's really one big part of growth. Um, besides the academic side of university, it's really all about making those connections, making those friendships that might last a lifetime. Uh, the second question we have for you is, what do you look forward to accomplishing and learning in the next few years of your professional career? So I definitely want to get my CPA designation that I want to check off my bucket list. So hopefully that comes within a few years. Um, I also have some business ideas that I want to implement, and I hope to make some progress in that too in the coming years. Um, so yeah, those are the two main things. I would like to wish you all the very best with the CPA designation and your business ideas. I hope the CPA process goes smoothly and your business ideas could be implemented and they're all big hits. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on to the very, very last question of our entire podcast episode. What book or blog would you recommend to our audience? Are there any podcasts that you're currently listening to that you'd like to share? So I'm not that big on like books, but um, a podcast that I've been listening to recently um, over the summer, actually, it's called On Purpose with uh, Jay Shetty. Um, some of the episodes there are like really good. So I've been hooked on it. And of course, I would recommend everyone to listen to Radio Her. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. I've, I've, I've started listening to um, some of the episodes and I really like what you guys are doing. It's a great initiative. Thank you so much for that plug. Um, I would also encourage everyone to listen to Radio Heard this episode and all the other episodes that we have released so far and the upcoming ones. Thank you so much for joining us today, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to participate in our podcast and helping all of our listeners progress in their academic and professional careers. Thank you so much, Tasfia. And again, on behalf of the entire Wibba team, we wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice seeing you guys. I genuinely did have a lot of fun doing this. So thank you for inviting me once again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you find this episode and our podcast motivating and inspiring, feel free to share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram stories. This would be really helpful for us in getting more listeners. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on our social media platforms, which are linked in the show notes below, to stay updated on our upcoming episodes. See you next week on another episode of Radio Hurt. Thank you.